Hey listeners, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We are recording this on a Tuesday evening following Martin Luther King Day. I'm joined by Kyle Vaughn. Looking forward to discussing some NFL and NBA. Kyle, how are you doing? Good, man. Good to be with you. Um, I know we were doing the pod like three years ago, the Michael and Marshall. Um, and it's funny. I was thinking about one of the main things was if we were to restart it, we would want to start the podcast earlier in the NFL season just because the NFL is so ripe with discussion and content. And here we are again doing our first podcast two weeks until the end of the season. So not much has changed, but uh, good to be back. I know we've been giving ourselves layups as far as easy content, doing this before the best Sunday in football. Um, Kyle, though, is obviously an avid football fan, and I just wanted to ask you a few questions about the games that we witnessed this weekend. Obviously, the most pertinent question for me, at least, is do you think Mahomes is blatantly playing next week? Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. Okay. Um, I was watching the games. I, I was just talking to you. Um, I was home by myself this this last weekend watching like crazy intently all of these games. Um, everyone that I normally am with was out of town. So I'm watching these games like pacing in my apartment. Good amount of money on them, but more so just like crazy like intrigue on, you know, what's going to happen. So – the Mahomes plays, the Mahomes play happens, the option play where he gets hurt. And I'm initially thinking he didn't hit his head. So he falls forward and he didn't hit his head like on the tackle and then on the ground either. So then, but he gets up like he just went 12 rounds with Mike Tyson. So later um, they announce or Jay Glazer put out that it was more of like a whiplash or it was like a carotid artery thing. It was almost like he got put in a sleeper hole. He didn't have a concussion. Apparently it was like, he was put out like he was an MMA fighter for the time being and was like trying to get back in the game. But um, obviously with the optics of him wobbling like that, he couldn't go back in. Um, that's a long and, way to and say. Because, yes, and I because do think we he's probably play. both had the chiefs. I assume you also had the chiefs minus eight. Yep. That's also why. Yep. <laughs> I also had the money line for. Yeah. I, I took, uh, I had the Packers who covered and then I bet with my heart on the Ravens money line. They had no chance in that game, especially when uh, Lamar went out. So two of the four, I, two of the four games you bet on the starting quarterback doesn't participate in yeah. the fourth quarter. Two of the and, faces of the league going down with head trauma. Yeah. And then I obviously, Liked the Bucs, but didn't touch that game. So I went one and two on this NFL weekend. I went two and two. You didn't like the you didn't like taking the Bucks the Bucks Saints game. Didn't want to go chasing. Yeah, I didn't want to chase. I had already lost the. Uh, I just had lost two games in a row with the uh, Chiefs and or with the Ravens and then the Chiefs, and I didn't want to chase. Instead, I lost more money on the golf course instead. So, oh, I. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my my football consumption wasn't. Uh, I wasn't able to watch as much as I'd like, but we're getting what appears to be the most ideal football game possible next Sunday with Brady Rogers. Yes. Um, I would say both of the quarterback matchups are, you know, as interesting and, you know, storyline written as you could possibly imagine, you know, the two young guns in the AFC going for it. Mahomes, obviously what he's done over the last two years speaks for itself. Super Bowl MVP fine or, uh, regular season MVP that in contrast with the, the bills, Josh Allen, everyone's seen what he's done, but I would agree that the old heads in the NFC um, is the more intriguing one. I just wish it was the night game. I feel like Lambeau at night would be, 
you know, a different level of optics. Um, but, you know, we'll take what we can get. My first ridiculous thought when I saw the times was that they wanted to give Mahomes three more hours to heal. Uh, <laughs> who are you rooting for in the first game? I'm, I'm at a crossroads because I'm a Rodgers guy, but it's, it's impossible not to root for Brady to try and get a seventh ring. Yeah, I know. Um, but I feel I, I'm rooting for Rodgers, which kind of goes against what... Yeah, you've been anti-Rodgers this season. I, I don't know about... No, not this season, but seasons past I have been just because there does seem to be some antics and some pouting with him, but he's been so locked in um, this last year. And what he put out, not only, I mean, throughout the regular season, yeah, but this last Sunday was just like a masterclass um, in quarterbacking. You know, every incompletion is a gift. Um, I bet on the Rams. I mean, fan of the Rams, you can see it back there. Um, (laughs) And it was torture watching this guy. The way he, you know, he takes what the defense gives him first off, but then he's able to explode. Um, he'll, you know, he'll go seven yards, seven yards, seven yards, 40 yards over the top to um, Alan Lazard for a touchdown. Um, so, yeah, I just think what he's been doing has been unreal. Um, and I think, um, you know, for the Super Bowl, you want the two best teams. So pulling for them. Yeah, it'll be interesting because it seems like Brady, at least with his arm strength, hasn't lost anything this season. Watching the game against uh, New Orleans, he's still throwing seeds on every play. And they have so many different weapons. Yeah, that'll be different. I don't know. Brady also seems like he's on a mission. This will be this for him winning the Super Bowl, you'd have to think would be his. The, the best accomplishment of his career, even though he obviously came back from the deficit against the Falcons, just so he could win without Belichick. Yeah. I think that's gotta be the main thought. Yeah. I mean, it would put a rest to the, the Belichick Brady thing. Not that, I mean, I, you know, you have to be in the camp where you think they're each the best to ever do it. Um, but him going and doing it in his first year in the NFC is something. And the fact that we finally get to see these guys play in the playoffs. You think Belichick's rooting for Brady or doesn't care at all? I think he is rooting for Brady. The way they, the way former Pats players talk about how good of a guy he is once you're out of the Patriot system makes me think that, you know, he's been to wars with this guy for 20 years. I think he would rather see him do well than do poorly. I agree. I agree. It'll be interesting. I have it been able to hop moving over to the other game. I haven't been able to hop on the Josh Allen bandwagon as much as I probably should. And I'm still of the belief that the a healthy chiefs team actually trying can, can win with ease. That's, um, that's what I've been saying too yeah, for the last like couple months. I think they haven't even flipped the switch still. I know. And you saw it at the start, the first half of their games, the game against the Browns, you know, there's talk about Cleveland the whole week. And then the first drive, the chiefs get the ball you know, seven plays. I don't even think they had a third down touchdown and everyone's reminded, Oh yeah, this is the best team in the league with the best player. Yeah. I mean, no, not to be harsh to a bills fan, but if the chiefs win this game, you're automatically getting an all time Super Bowl matchup quarterback wise. Well, I think we're getting good matchups either way. Yeah. Either way, it'll be more entertaining than the Niners. For sure. Um, Yeah. Jimmy G. Um, (laughs) If you were the bills, like you're a bills fan, there has to be some part of you that feels weird about this happening in the COVID season. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, there's so much stuff like this in sports right now. Yeah. The bills are the perfect example just because of the atmosphere they have in the, the crazy fans, but even, I mean, this is a bad comparison, but watching any team that has such a great fan base, not that the Bills struggled last year, but kind of succeed for the first time in a while, the poorer and shorter term example is the Knicks. Just the fact that they're playing, quality basketball for the first time in a month or first time in 10 years, but um, a month into the season, it's yeah, it's, it's bittersweet because you know that if they hosted this playoff game with a full crowd, it would have been an all time moment. Would have been mayhem. It would have been mayhem. Yeah. And now, (laughs) I mean, granted they're on the road this week, but at the same time, um, the the way that Florida operates, if they do make it, they'll be able to have the uh, bills faithful there. Well, if the, if Tampa wins, it's the uh, home game. Yeah, first team to uh, host their own Super Bowl. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, just back to that, I feel like at a more macro level, the like the the playoffs have been awesome. And I mean, it's we've become used to watching games without fans. But there is like a hint of it being like, oh, I mean, just, you know, just you know how how tense and electric these uh, these playoff football atmospheres are and how much of a role like the home the home field will really have. Like if there were 80,000 or however many fans in the Superdome, you know, that'd be deafening for Tampa Bay. Who knows how that game goes if they're able to get a first down. I agree. And especially Josh Allen's clearly the least experience of these, of these quarterbacks right now. And you have to think that if he was playing at a, at a loud arrowhead stadium, that has an effect. Whereas I'd like to think that with Brady um, Rogers and Mahomes that they can handle that. And they've had that experience, but yeah, with, with Josh Allen, it's just, it's not as much of a challenge. I mean, we've seen this in all other sports where we question after the fact, would these results have been different if there were fans in the crowd? Yeah. We'll never know. We will never know. We will never know, but I mean, they probably would be. They probably would be. Do you but have it's any funny. other? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple more things. Yeah. Um, let's hear it. It's funny looking back at this last week, you go into every game or you look back at every game and the quote unquote, more trustworthy quarterback won each matchup, you know, Rogers over Goff, um, Allen over Lamar, you know, Allen's proven it throughout the course of this year. Lamar struggles with, you know, drop back pass, hitting guys outside the numbers. I would say Allen going into that game was more trustworthy. And then you have Mahomes, albeit he was out for a bit. Um, and then Brady over Breeze. So I was going to ask, ranking one through four, where would you list them in terms of, you know, just trustworthiness? These four quarterbacks left? Yeah. I mean, this sounds strange, but – I don't think you disagree. I trust Mahomes more than any quarterback in the league. I think he's playing, I think as good as Rodgers has been this year and as big of a Rodgers advocate as I am, I can't see Mahomes making mistakes in these games. Mm -hmm. And I think that even if he makes the mistakes, he can make up for him too. Would you go Brady Rodgers? Do you trust Brady Rodgers more? That's that's the question. And I I trust Brady more. I think it has to be Rodgers at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. It's just, I, th- I, I don't want to say this because you I don't be, know. If, I don't know if I believe surprised. this. I think, Sorry, I think the Bucks are going to beat the Packers. Do you? Yeah. You're not just really willing do. that? You, I'm not you just really saying that. So? Dude, I could epic, see, man. I could see Brady winning again. Not that that's a bold call, but it's, I feel like in football. It, it is bold at this point. I feel like in football, likely. less so than other sports, what you see in the regular season is actually usually a pretty good indication of the postseason it's not like basketball or baseball where teams can get hot necessarily the better teams usually end up in that final four but with the with the bucks at least i think that in their example they actually were learning throughout the season and continuing to get to know each other i think that many people foresaw that it was possible that come playoff time this team could be a different team and And they've just won two impressive games i mean they just went into new orleans i know breeze isn't the same but they won pretty handedly and Brady, Brady doesn't look any worse. No, he doesn't. And he, he wasn't like mistake prone at all with the throws he made the other day. Like there was a throw, there was one throw to uh, Godwin over the middle about like 30 yards that Godwin kind of caught, kind of didn't. It was Godwin, an absolute that would, time. That was a, yeah. I know Brady Godwin. said Godwin has the best hands of anyone he's played with. And which... then Godwin proceeds to drop like three balls. Every yeah. Game. That would have been an unreal catch, but yeah, I mean, just the weapons he has. I also thought Leonard Fournette was completely washed. He's had an impact in this postseason. I thought he was so done. Yeah. You don't have to tell me. I was, <laughs> my dad has been clamoring about why like Leonard Fournette is so like overlooked and basically just running backs in general. And I've been trying to make the state, like make the claim that running backs don't matter X, Y, Z. And then these last two uh, Leonard performances really uh, have said something. I know I've but going I back. Was... You would say Mahomes first. Yeah. I would Let's agree. hear your, I'd go Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, Allen. See, I'd go, <laughs> it's hard not to put Rogers first. He's been so outrageous, but I agree that 
it would be Mahomes one because even in the case where they do get down, I would trust him most to get me out of that. Exactly. You know what I mean? I agree. Mahomes, Rogers, Brady Allen. So we're putting Allen at four, and he's been an absolute, you know, thunderbolt this year. I feel like, and this, this I don't know if this is just me, but I've I just mentioned this. I've been so hesitant to admit that Josh Allen's a superstar quarterback, but he he is he hasn't proven otherwise at all this season. Yeah, yeah, so. this season he's making unprecedented leaps yeah i mean if he can go into arrowhead and win this game then he he settles the debate does part of you feel like i I know you've i think you said this last year where it doesn't like feel real the super bowl without the pats being in it and i thought the same thing when like the k the last year of the kd warriors when he got hurt and then clay got hurt it just like didn't feel real would this super bowl like feel real and like yeah, I'll say, would it feel like real and like, you know, would it feel like it's full self if the Chiefs weren't in it? No. Because they're the best the, team. Because everyone knows the Chiefs are the best team. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I actually, I've always been a Brady fan and I found myself rooting for the Pats in every one of those Super Bowls other than the Giants Super Bowls. And they, at least this year, I was not rooting for Brady. I had had a bit, like I kind of had enough of his act. But now yep. that the playoffs have come around again, I'm all in on Brady. I don't know what I, it is. I think it was the whole Bruce Arians thing. Like Bruce can kind of. Yeah, I can't. He can rub people Arians. the wrong way. And then it's like the whole first take, like after every game, it's like it, there's just these like grandiose, um, you know, declarations made after every game that kind of just make you. And he played poorly every primetime game. Like he would play well, like the Sunday one o'clock game against the Panthers. But then they play the Bears and they get like kind of rounded. Yeah. I mean, we saw a lot of the Bucks getting killed, Brady yelling at his linemen. But then now we know that, I mean, these guys couldn't have more respect for him and that he can carry them to the Super Bowl. We'll see. Yep. We'll these see. two games are going to be all time um, optics outside yeah. at Lambeau and outside at Arrowhead. I know. If only these could be matches. sold out. I mean, I hope it's going to be, I hope we're going to get some crusty weather at, at, uh, at Lambeau. Start seeing the uh, we're gonna get breath coming. We're gonna get that Rogers turtleneck that he's been wearing forever. That looks like it's from the eighties and it's like a cardigan. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and the all-time Packers chin strap. (laughs) Yeah, which seems like it should be illegal at this point. It should. I mean, there's no way that does anything. It's like dental floss holding his uh, his (laughs) helmet on. I also. I mean, it's kind of nice that he uh, that that got passed down from Favre though. I think the turtleneck that did too, if we probably look at it, they just, that's just the Packers vibe where everything you wear is just, it looks like it was ripped out of the laundry from 15 years ago. Bart Starr <laughs> wore it. Yeah. Any more football thoughts, Kyle? Yeah. I actually have one last thing for you. Yeah. So at the start of the playoffs, I put in a future for the chiefs and the Packers to meet in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> Obviously pretty chalk, but as it stands right now, it looks good. It was plus 300, so it was like 30 to win 90. Um, and I'm I'm wondering, A, do I hedge? And B, how do I go about doing it? Well, so what I was thinking. You can, well, first of all, you could, fortunately, you could hedge with the two underdogs. Right. But do I, so the first That's game. That's the advice I give? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I wait out the first game. I wait out the first game, which is um, the NFC. Because I do think the Packers are going to win that. So wait that out and then just go Bill's money line for the second to hedge. Yeah, or I can just I mean, let it ride. The these thing is teams- you, could, you, could, you could realistically plug in a bunch of scenarios and see what actually makes sense. I had this same conundrum with the uh, Lakers nugget series. I had the nuggets winning the Western conference, but couldn't get myself to not root for the Lakers. So I ended up putting like eight units to win one unit on the Lakers. Right. Which worked so out, but you net out like even net out like plus a hundred. When, if you just sat there and watched the nuggets try and win, you would have like, that would have been six times the amount. I'm sure I'll just end up uh, betting on the Packers spread. and You're going to end up making these decisions with your heart, which yeah, you should not hockey, do. 
which happens every time. <laughs> every single time. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, I was going to move over to the NBA if you have nothing, uh, nothing NFL-wise to add. Nothing additional. I'm good, man. You're good? I yeah. didn't provide. I did not provide sound advice on the uh, on the hedges. Well, I'll I'll do some. Uh, I'll crunch some numbers. Yeah, you got to crunch some analysis. I'll let you know where we'll talk offline about it. All right. I wanted. Yeah, I wanted to move over to the NBA. Obviously, last week with Harden being traded to the Nets and just player movement in general, there's just a lot of mixed feelings, um, especially from the older NBA fan, typically being anti-player movement, which I get. Um, but I think there's also the other train of thought of we'd be lying to ourselves if we said that this league's not more entertaining today than it was a week ago with this yeah. Nets team, especially watching the game last night Yeah, against the Bucks. 100%. Um, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking like, oh, screw this. Like they're pairing up like another super team. But then when you actually watch them, it's like kind of, you know, it's kind of art on the, uh, on the court. Is. I don't know. What, what do you think? Like what was your initial reaction? Did you think he was going to go – to Philly first, what did you prefer? I thought I kind of underrated the fact that uh, James Harden was joining a Kevin Durant team. Like yeah, no, we, I, we thought, oh, they're not going to play defense, but they're going to score 140 points a game. Yeah, so I originally thought just based on what was going on that day and what we were reading that he was going to go to the Sixers for Simmons, which I would have liked more, more balanced league, get to watch him and Embiid try and win Embiid's having a career season. Um, and then get to see Simmons have his own team with uh, Christian Wood, who I'm obviously very fond of. But <laughs> what I was most frustrated about is that I have, I thought we were somewhat robbed of watching what Durant is fully capable of during his time in Golden State. I know he became what he is in Golden State, but he was surrounded by other superstars and other guys that had the ball in their hands. Whereas if it was just him and Kyrie and Kyrie is missing a decent amount of time, we get to see Durant really have his own team for the first time. Yeah. Um, it's like that. he's jumping super teams, but you can't really blame him for this one. I mean, no. I'm sure he gave the go ahead, like go get this guy, but I can't blame any I of these we... guys for trying to win. And also it has to be pointed out. Durant is having the best. I know it's only been a month. He's, <laughs> having an all-time season and is flirting with like 55, 50, 90 season. He, yeah. He's been, he, he's probably, he, he he's potentially the MVP if the season ends. I was just going to say, I think we're already kicking ourselves for not placing, yeah. you know, coin down on him being the MVP because we were also looking forward to actually being able to root for him. It, that's well, that's what I, that's what I was really getting at is that I was enjoying rooting for Durant. And because we I haven't been had... able to with the Warriors and the yeah. super team and like the fact that it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to win. So I totally agree. The problem is, though, I said I'm not rooting for them and I eventually won't be because I'll be fearful that they can beat the Lakers. Um, but well, regular season, we're going to be rooting. I'm gonna, I mean, I was rooting for them last night. And as much as frustrating as Harden can be, I've actually always liked watching Harden. I know a lot of people hate his style of play. I find it entertaining. Um there was but, something about that Houston team. Maybe yeah, not even was, the I mean, team. Yeah. Maybe it was like the combination of the court, the uniforms, the fact that it was all just so played out um, that I was ready for him to move. But what, something I thought was funny, him saying that what he did wasn't disrespectful is more disrespectful than what he actually was doing. It's That's, that's what's ridiculous is the fact that, and that's what I think people get frustrated by is, Basically, what we've seen is you could be you could have several years left in your deal and you could tell your ownership and GM, this is exactly where I want to go. And you're there within a few weeks. Yeah. I mean, this is what we've seen. Kawhi is kind of the only guy that we didn't see the Spurs just cater to his needs and send him to one of the L.A. teams. But we saw this with Davis. We're seeing this. It's been a snowball effect, too. It was like Kawhi at first, like he's saying, I'm not playing for the Spurs. But then the, the real first one where it was like, I'm going here and I'm only going here was AD. Yeah. And that's the frustration because obviously a player has a right to demand a trade, but when you demand a trade and say, if I go to 28 of the 30 teams, I'm not, I'm going to be out of shape and I'm not going to try is that that's what results in, in these super teams. And the fact that you can just pick exactly where you're going. The, the incumbent team, no leverage and you put them in a spot where you know, they're screwed and you have three or four more years on your contract kind of going back to the NFL. It's like a Deshaun Watson thing. Like, yeah, the Texans organization has been crazy, but you know, 
you signed on the dotted line. You have four more years. Exactly. I mean, in Harden's case, it's even more exaggerated because he was literally the GM in Houston during his tenure and had them make, had them make these trades that destroyed their future. Now they're trying to put it back together. But at the same time, I don't want to uh, toot my horn here, but I was saying when Harden was showing up to those first few games in Houston, where he was wearing 18 layers under his warmups and purposely looking as fat as possible. But then you, you saw think this- that's what he was doing. Yes. Because <laughs> it's like he was saw- wearing a fat suit. He looked absurd. And then you see the, you'd see the pictures of him in his tight black tank top warming up earlier or at a different time where he looks pretty fit. And then he shows up to the game. I mean, the beard makes him look heavier, but he was in the, in that uh, light blue jumpsuit when they were in the alternates, he looked ridiculous. He did. Yeah. Ridiculous. But then you see him, you see him warming up 48 hours later at Barclays. And it's like he had been in MMA training for the last, you know, five months. It's also, what's also intriguing about this Nets team, but also frustrating is they have the three superstars they have are probably the three superstars that we have the least access to in this league. We don't know anything about these guys. They don't, yeah. they don't share anything. No, it's, that's it's true. their own, but I think Durant is obviously of those three, the most liked. And I think that's just mostly because of how beautiful his game is. Yeah. But, everyone loves watching him and everyone. Yeah. Durant is, you know, he's himself for as, you know, quote unquote sensitive as he's been known to be and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But everyone is a fan of his. And I would agree that it's most likely because of his game. Who do you think though? Who do you think is the leader of this Nets team? It's got to be KD. It's it, it's KD's team. It may not always, he may, you know, he may be more giving in that he, he knows that he can play off ball. He did it with Steph. Um, and he may not always even be the one taking the final shot. I mean, with guys like Harden and Kyrie, you know, classic shot makers, but I think KD is setting the tone. You know, he's the number one guy on the ticket. Um, and yeah, I would say it's definitely his team. I think, that the Nets made this trade because they knew it was KD's team and they don't want to, you know, run the risk of losing him. You know, free agency comes quick in this league. He only is locked up for, I think two more years after this one. So, you know, they got to start moving things in the right direction um, to keep him around. No, that's a very good point. And I think that a lot of us made the assumption fairly. So based on what we've seen with Achilles injuries, that we weren't going to get a hundred percent of Durant, but I, Obviously, it's early, and we need to see how he could survive through a full season. But yeah, as it, if you're in the Nets front office, you now have what you believe is the best player in the league. Yep. So that obviously helps. But it and knock on wood for him with his body type and what we've seen in the first month. Like, I think he's he's one of the top top guys in the league with minutes, and now he's for, forced to be, you know, the team's primary defender and rebounder, which you know he can't be too thrilled about. But then again you give up 120, you score 130, obviously winning. Would you consider flipping Harris and Dinwiddie for some depth or defense? I just don't know if what you could get. Well, Dinwiddie's not going for anything right now. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, Joe Harris, as we saw last night, will get wide open looks. But he fits so perfectly with them. He does. It's just ridiculous. Um wide open looks. I know all the NBA analysts always have always said you have to be top 10 in offense and defense efficiency. So-and-so to win. I mean, maybe that'll change. We saw with uh, LeBron's teams that they just turned it on in the playoffs. They didn't try defensively in the regular season. We'll see if that's the case with this team. The thing is as bad, they will be def- as bad as they will be defensively. I think Kyrie Harden and we know Duran is all, they're all capable defenders. It's just an effort thing. Um, and at least with Harden, I think Harden is content being the number three guy. I think he may have reached the point of his career where he has realized I, me as the number one option in the playoffs has been a failure. Um, yeah. Kyrie and Durant have proven what they can do in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him do the disappearing act in late in games in the playoffs, but it, it might not just matter this time. Because <laughs> you have Kevin Durant. Yeah, because you have... They have but his arguably... whole thing is that during the playoffs, this is exactly what you were just saying. But for the first, for the first, um, you know, thirty-seven minutes, he's the best player in the game. So now, when he does fade in those last five minutes, 
who's there to pick him up, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. You can go stand in the corner and be, you know, the team's other Joe Harris in that situation. Just spread everything out. You hit Harden, you hit Joe Harris. Like, it's pretty lethal. No, it is. I mean, maybe maybe Harden is swallowing his ego a bit and has and is understanding that he'd rather just win at this point in his career. But I don't know. It's I also think, a ridiculous kinda, honeymoon phase for I, them. I, I kind of think it's soft. <laughs> Seriously. Harden... But, Harden had, I mean, yes, they went up against arguably the best team of all time in Houston. But for example, how does that Houston team last year need seven games to beat the Thunder? Because because of Lou Dort. Yeah, because of Lou Dort. (laughs) Dort for three. It's ridiculous. Um, Well, my last question on this, Kyle, is do you think not to get all these all these rankings as we're going to go into something after this, but do you think the Nets have the top three ISO guys in the league? Um, you can make that argument for sure. Um, it's hard not to include Steph and Dame in there, but, you know, three of the top five, arguably, especially like mid-game ISOs, like those guys can go get a bucket at any point. I'm less inclined for some of them late game, but, you know, if they ran the Houston offense, hopefully they run a little bit more motion, make it a little bit more like what the Warriors were doing versus just like high pick and roll ISO every play. But, you know, it's it's tough to avoid that, um, avoid doing that when you have those three guys. I agree. I think that if the Nets can stay healthy and there's no chemistry bobs, that the only team that stands in their way is the Lakers. Me too. Um, and I also think that would be a fascinating matchup and would lean heavily in the Lakers' favor, just in that they do have capable defenders, and Anthony Davis would average 50 and 25. Well, Anthony Davis hasn't tried for one minute this season. (laughs) (laughs) DeAndre Jordan would be begging the refs to end the game. If DeAndre Jordan's playing uh, crucial minutes come playoff time, then then the Nets are in trouble. DeAndre Jordan's awful. I know. (laughs) Don't need a buyout. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. All right, I wanted to move on to I, on the airplane to Florida, um, couldn't sleep as much as I would have liked to. So I wanted to come up with the eight guys I trust most to close a game in the NBA. I don't know if you have your list, Kyle. Not arbitrary at all? Not arbitrary. Do you have your list? I do. All right. How do you want to do this? Do you want me to go? Do we want to go from eight to one? Yeah, I think we do want to go eight to one, but do you want to alternate every one or go like eight to four? Or want to go one at a time? Let's go one at a time. You start at eight. Okay. Number eight, I have Jimmy Butler. I also have Jimmy Butler at number eight. Do you really? I do. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And Jimmy Butler is probably by far the worst player on this list. Yeah. But I I, I don't even think we need to explain ourselves. I mean, it's what we saw in the finals last year. I trust. So I wanted to also elaborate on this list that it's not just the guy that is best suited to score, but it's the guy that I know is going to make the right decision in this spot. So this is late in the game, clutch time, whatever last few minutes. I trust that this guy is going to make the right choice. Under two minutes, you need a bucket. Uh, This is one of the guys I want leading my possession. That's funny. Yeah, That that was unlikely. Yeah. With Jimmy, it was was always a, I mean, what he did in the finals, um, but it's, you know, put your shoulder down, get to his spot on like the low block, raise up, you know, and, you know, either find someone in the corner or put it up. Yeah. These are also guys that for the most part are not fearful of going to the line late in the game. They can get fouled. And as you said, they're not going to force them to make a decision. So, all right, let's, let's see what you have at seven. It's a heat culture thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Number seven, I have Jokic. Okay. So I had, uh, I had Luka Doncic in this spot at number seven. Um, gotcha. Do you want to go quickly with Luka? Yeah, so I mean, I don't think Luca's there yet. I mean, we know that he can get his shot off at any point. He can take his step back. We saw it against the Clippers. And I think it's similar to what we're saying about some of these other guys that he is able to draw defenders. He's going to make the right decision. And he's got that shifty, slow motion uh, part of his game where I think he can get to his spot. But there's not that many guys in this league that can get that wide open step back three and make it. And we kind of find, and I'm not sure why this is the case. It could be a fatigue thing. He's one of two. It could be a fear of going to the line. But more often than not, 
these late in game shots are behind the three point line. So he's a guy that I trust um, in that situation. Yeah. Do you think that's part of just like these guys growing up, like wanting to hit like the, the house of highlights um, game winner run off the court? Yeah. I also think if you're down two, I, I would like to look the stats on this, but if you're down two, they're taking a three every time. I know. And hitting, I mean, if you hit it, like you're the king. I also just think that these guys know that if they drive, they can be, say you're not fouled. You're taking a shot that you may not have worked on as much. You don't know what angle you're going to be at. But if you can get that step back three that you've taken 500 of every day, even if it's a 25 footer, I think these guys just prefer to take it. And yeah, as you said, they like, they like the aesthetics of it. Yeah. Luke is also the king of passing up the layup for a baseline three. Yeah. which That pisses me off. It drives my father up a wall. <laughs> the BV slammers. <laughs> BV slammers. All right. What's the uh, what's the uh, explanation uh, on Jokic? My, Luca did not make my list. Um, Neither did Jokic for me. Jokic didn't. No, um, he I was, was an honorable deb- mention. I was debating de- between those two guys actually, and I just think that Jokic on the elbow, um, his decision making to either pass out or take his ridiculously high lofting set shot that, you know, scrapes the ceiling of whatever arena he's playing in always manages to find a way to go in. Or if he gets close to the bucket, you know, he goes up, he gets his own board, he taps it out. Um, and his passing ability, you know, I think he leads the league and assists as it stands right now. Yeah. As a big guy, that's pretty ridiculous, obviously. Um, MVP candidate, you know, Headsy player, pretty comfortable with him. Yeah, he just has an arsenal of such creative shots, I think, that defenders can't prepare for that. We saw this uh, against the Lakers last year, uh, right before Davis hit his game winner. Jokic took him down to the post and just bodied him underneath the rim and hit a hook shot very yeah. easily. So, He's so crazy. Yeah, if, if you don't like Jokic, then, then, then you don't like basketball. Yeah, he's so fun to watch. So fun. All right, number six. You want me to start with number six? Yeah, you go ahead. But I got a slight side note. (laughs) I got this pineapple juice when I was waiting in line at uh, Trader Joe's. One of those immensely long Trader Joe's lines, and they just have everything right there in front of you. Yep. And I grabbed a a handful of them, 75 cents each. Couldn't be better. I've uh, I've used those for a stiff drink every now and then. Uh, They're they're often in the fridge at home. Yeah. They They go very well with vodka. I can can see it. All right. So my number six selection is Donovan Mitchell. This is a guy who I don't know if he's at the same level as some of the players that I included, but he's another guy that I just trust in these situations. He has the, um, he has the resume of hitting these tough shots and he's a guy that's just not afraid to take the shot, especially for someone of his age. Um, He obviously has proven it. Yeah. Another guy that's proven it and can score at all three levels, which I think is important as well. I think a lot of these guys that we see in the NBA now um, don't really consider a mid-range game. I mean, think about Doncic and Harden. How many two-pointers you think these guys take that are outside of the paint of game? I'd, I'd say it's less than three. So yeah, the I think, shot chart is in one of two places. Exactly. So I think there's certainly a benefit to guys that have that mid-range game, and Mitchell does. Yeah. No, he's a slasher. Been compared to D. Wade, obviously. Um, and he's been doing it since he was a rookie. Um, I think he took down that OKC, uh, yeah. that MVP Russ OKC team, his rookie year. So, you know, done it in big spots before another guy who didn't make my list though. Love it. So we're on six. We're on six. I have Kyrie Irving. Okay. Kyrie, um, big shot maker, big shot taker, um, handles like no other can get to his spot. I think it's either him or Steph who have been, you know, most impressive in my basketball viewing um, of being able to take and make like crazy um, finishing shots at the rim um, from different angles, different angles out the glass. Um, We obviously remember the shot in the finals. Um, Yeah, pretty comfortable with him. Yeah, he's somewhere on my list as long as, well, as he's but, on the court. As yeah, as long as he's, he's on somewhere the court, on my list as well. But he's also the type of guy that I don't love putting on these lists, but he's got to be there. 
the, uh, with number five, I went with uh, Dame Dalla. He's obviously has to be on this list. You could argue he should have been up there earlier. Um, the thing with Lillard, obviously he could hit it from anywhere um, in front of the half court line. The reason I didn't put him earlier is I, he's almost, he's almost automatically taking a three in these situations. As much as he is competent at driving to the rim, he's going to take a three. So I think he's kind of one dimensional in these areas, but at the same time, he's just, he's cold and he's going to, he's going to hit those shots and he's cold. I, I trust him. And there's, and there's no way you could in those situations. Another guy who's impossible not to root for. Who also is been in eight different advertisements every single second of the day over the last few months. And Hulu has live sports. Yeah. That song's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, man. You know, the, he's on my list coming up, but the two uh, the two walk-offs is legendary stuff. Um, no brainer. Definitely. All right. Who do you have at five? Number five, I have an old head, um, Chris Paul. See, Chris Paul was someone I wanted to put on my list because I'll let you explain this, but Chris Paul at that right elbow is just yep. automatic. <laughs> That's the one I was automatic. thinking of. Yeah. No, the little step back at the elbow – he gets the defender on his heels, pulls up, and it never it even hits the rim. It's always, no. yeah. it's just, it's pretty. I mean, it used to be more unguardable than it is now because he did have that ability to blow by pretty much anyone in the league. But, you know, he could still stun the defender, get the shot up, um, and talk about a guy who has mid range game. Um, no, one, no one better. Agree. You also realize this more watching the Thunder Rocket series last year, how small Chris Paul is. Mm-hmm. He has, he had a uh, Robert Covington on him. Rocco, as I guess they call him now, uh, your boy and was hitting threes and slapping his ass on the way back. And I don't even know how he's getting these shots off, but yeah, you're right. The Chris Paul elbow jumper is probably one of the most high percentage mid range shots. In we game. saw him at MSG like a year, a year ago. Um, I think a week before COVID, um, and just watching him in warmups, like he, he, not a large man by any means. Um, so that he's in like year 16, um, obviously is a testament, but I feel like his Clipper days, even like vaguely the Hornets days, like when it was crunch time, um, you know, he was getting, if, he was getting a bucket. Yeah. If you have some free time and are extremely bored, I recommend watching some of those, uh, Hornets games. He is absolutely ridiculous in those games. I remember watching him against those like 08, 09 Lakers teams. I think the Lakers played them in one of the play. They definitely played them in one of the playoff series, either like 08, 09 or 10. And he was a one man team. It was like him and David West, but like he's a problem. Yeah. No, Chris Paul, I think a lot of people have gained respect for him over the past years, especially what he did with the Thunder. His his stock rose so high with last season. Going into last season, he was the worst contract in the year, quote in the league, quote unquote. Um, and then like leading that like wildly likable um Thunder team to the playoffs was and getting all all NBA or third team all NBA. Um, you know. Yeah, you just have to respect the fact that at his age, he's not willing to take any games off. And he I mean, he knows. I'm going to not coast, but I'm going to hold back some energy and come fourth quarter. I've got this type of guy. So, all right, moving on. Number four, I had Kyrie. I won't elaborate too much. You, you explained for me. Um, Kyrie could obviously get any shot off at any time. Um, and it's one of the most impressive scores at his size we've seen. I didn't so. think you were going to have him. Yeah. He's, he's there at number four. I put him ahead of Lillard. Yeah. I mean, we flipped that, but I, I think we're mostly in the same, the same thought process here. All right, who do you got? Number four, I have Kawhi. Okay, I so I have Kawhi at three. Him off? I have him at three. Okay. Do you want to go? You want to talk about him? Yeah, well, I think this is what we mentioned, that there's just such a benefit of having that mid-range game. Kawhi, when he's, when he's dribbling the ball, looks like he's damaging the basketball as he gets inside the, inside the paint. And he also, he's, he's the type of guy that shoots the ball so over his head that you're not going to get a hand in his face. Shoots it downwards. Yeah, and he, yeah, he shoots the line drives. 
Um, he's also wider than my hallway, so he can get to any spot yeah, exactly. that he wants. Um, obviously, the Toronto run, the Spurs days. Last year is a huge blemish for him and Paul George. But he deserves more. He deserves more. Um, black. Yeah, exactly. For for what happened in the playoffs last year, where he simply didn't get the job done. Could you imagine if that was a LeBron team? Yeah, I don't think he caught enough shit for that. And um, yet I still put him in that spot because I still trust him. He seems completely, um, completely unaffected by the situation. He's terrifying to root against. Terrifying. He's the type of guy too, that anytime he goes up, you think it's going in. Yep. Cause it mostly is. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty confident we have the same too. It just depends what the order is. Wait, I got to do number three. All right. First. Yeah. Um, Dame for all the reasons you said the two walk-offs. All right, so I think the question with one and two is what the order is because it's clear who they are. Yeah. And I um, think they're going to be in the same order. Who do you have two? I have Durant, too. Okay. I I had LeBron, LeBron too. I, sw- I swapped it. I sh- yeah, I was thinking about swapping it, but... Wait, so there's, there's two things about this list. Well, one, I put Durant first just because he's unguardable. He can get any shot off at any time, and it's always a good shot, and you're shocked when it doesn't go in. Granted... Well, I'd like to hear your thought process on LeBron. My thought process with LeBron is he's either getting to the rim or he's getting someone a wide open look. That was the thought. He's never making the wrong decision. Yeah. Durant is always getting the shot off. I thought, I mean, you obviously can't go wrong with these two guys. LeBron's a top two player ever. Durant's a top 10 player ever. Um, I don't know. I just thought the longevity of LeBron um, he's like underratedly clutch. Um, yeah, he wasn't so, um, at like the beginning of his career, everyone points to the Dallas series, but in the playoffs, um, you know, he can get to the bucket. He can pull up, he can find a guy. Um, you know, he's always making the right basketball play. If in the Lakers championship this last year, if Danny green had made that, that three pointer to win game five, I think it was, Everyone yep. would have been lauding him for making the right play. Danny Green didn't hit it, didn't end up mattering. But, you know, if the game's on the line, I want the ball in LeBron James' hands. No, that's fair. We can't go wrong with either of those guys. But we tell both, me why you chose Durant. I just chose Durant, as I mentioned, because he, at, at seven feet and one of, the one of if not the best shooters we've seen, especially in the mid-range, he's going to get his 15-footer anytime he wants. It's just a matter if he's making it. He's... As good as LeBron is, and the fact that he is certainly a better passer, I'm taking a Durant 15-footer over any other shot in basketball in that situation. It's unguardable. We also, neither of us included Curry. It's interesting, huh? (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's, I think it's a somewhat recency bias, but also Curry hasn't had that playoff moment, which Mm -hmm. is shocking given how lethal he is. Yep. And that I think was that's the thought what, process for me too. Um, trying to think of who else we uh, snubbed with this. Uh, I, not ready I, for. Good. Go now these are bet. These are guys that aren't there yet, but maybe in the future are Tatum and I know Murray hasn't gone off to good. Start I had season, Tatum on there. Um, I had Tatum on at number eight, but I I swapped him for Jimmy. Um, I also thought about Paul George just because he. <laughs> When <laughs> playoff pay, um, I ultimately couldn't because he is undoubtedly playoff pay. Um, but he, he, you know, he, he's another guy who can always get a shot. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll you try to about continue. Westbrook. No chance. <laughs> Your boy. No chance. He's the last guy I'd want on this list. Westbrook is shooting, I think, under thirty percent this season. Julius Randall, Kevin Knox, <laughs> maybe Quickly's floater. Yeah, <laughs> Emmanuel Quickly. <laughs> I saw, that, I saw that Instagram reel of his five floaters he hit um, against the Celtics where he's running full speed. He's taking floaters from like outside the free throw line. Did you watch their game yesterday? No, I didn't. I couldn't watch, but they've been, they've it been was crazy. absurd defense. Yeah, no, they're, they're a fun watch. Um, yeah. It was frustrating yesterday because the magic, like they were each wearing their uh, alternate uniform and the magics is orange and white and the Knicks is black. So they're wearing their, other uniform it's frustrating but um yeah man i was gonna 
All right, yeah, we'll try to continue these these uh, these lists. The rankings we, are fun. Uh, yeah, as we continue potting, but I wanted to wrap this up with two sillier questions. One of which is, and and this is extremely silly, which is, what do you think is less likely, finishing a full stick of chapstick or a Madden franchise? <laughs> How, how many how many chapsticks have you finished dude i'm looking at four i'm looking at three separate chapsticks on my table right now um yeah, exactly. i don't think i've ever finished one in my life i have finished one you have and it's an insane accomplishment <laughs> it either it either ends up lost all over your pants in the dryer exactly it ends is, up in the wash <laughs> it always ends up in the wash. When it ends up in the wash, I'll usually notice it because I see that one of my pair of pants has those dark, like like you sat on gums over it. Yeah, and then and then you you're forced to check every single pair of clothing in the wash because you think, all right, well I just literally ruined every single pair of clothing I have because I came home after being a bit overserved and didn't consider taking my chapstick out of my jean pocket. Yeah, <laughs> if I looked in like half of my sweatpants. Um, Right now, I would find a, a chapstick. But I bet that you've also quit 30 Madden franchises after being six and four and just realizing. I mean, I'm I was never six, playing with I was never six and four. Come on. <laughs> but we like losing. I know we do. Um, but you know me, I just did that full um, 2K franchise. That is true. That, that, that was an impressive feat. 82 games, baby. The problem is that once you finish, the second season is never comparable. No, it's never even a thought. My but other the, with Madden franchises, I would draft the same team. I would always draft like Rodney Harrison and get like 15 interceptions with him and then start a new franchise and have him be my first round draft pick again. Yeah, those Madden franchise also you would draft so top heavy. And When's then the last time the you had Madden. Uh, probably three or four years ago, hmm. but I would always, you probably did the same draft. So top heavy. And then you'd end up with the same eight or nine average guys that the computer just never selected. I wish I could remember some of those guys, maybe like a lawyer Malloy type guy that was just on every single team in the end of his career. Yeah. Um, we had, we had Madden at school and uh, we, one of my roommates looked up like the optimal, position order to draft in a Madden draft. And we ended up doing that. And we went like 16 and 0 and won the Super Bowl. It was like left tackle, D tackle, cornerback. Um, and then you get a quarterback. Um, it was fun. Yeah. I would usually completely ignore the, the offensive line. Um, yeah. All right. The, the other question I want to wrap this up with was um, kind of picking up where we left off years ago in the hyena versus man battle in a boxing ring <laughs> versus man is uh, would you rather an alpha male lion walk into your New York city apartment or a massive Python? <laughs> oh my God. So, picture it this way. You're waking up. Uh, and I you're walk outside. You're extremely yeah. groggy, and you walk into your main room, and one of those two species is staring at you <laughs> in an intimidating stance. Um, I think <laughs> I think you would have to prefer the snake. I think so too. The but only the only thing about and not to get too graphic here is I think I prefer the snake too, but the problem with the snake is that. If they did go after you, they the snake would eat you whole. <laughs> yeah, dude. After strangling, that's just an you, ugly yeah. sight. Also, I feel like a python could probably get through. I might sound really stupid, but can't they get through like really small cracks? I would imagine so. But you're right; they would strangle you to death. They they would choke you. Yeah. Whereas the lion would obviously just <laughs> dig into your neck and just <laughs> end you. Yeah. <laughs> going out after going to Niagara for a long night, waking up the next morning and there's a python in your living room. Yeah. Going to brush your teeth and <laughs> comes out of the toilet. And there's a huge lion just standing in the corner. <laughs> what would you do? Call the police. Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? Call the police. <laughs> 
<laughs> As if that's going to get it done. <laughs> yeah, you won't believe it, but uh, I got something well, going I on. I think what you're supposed to do is stare at it and try and look intimidating. But <laughs> That's what you were going to do? No. So with the lion, I know that's like, that's what you're supposed to do. Would I do it? Well, I, I, I obviously don't know how I'd react, but I know that if you turn your back to it, that's the worst decision you can make. But the thing is with the python is, where am I going? Like it could move so fast and any through crevices that where am I going? This is probably a remarkably dumb question, but do you think if you got in your bedroom and locked the door? I don't, I would feel less safe with the Python. In that situation. Yeah. In that situation. If the door's you? locked, I don't think the lion is sprinting through the door. Well, it could, if it wanted to. The better question is, what are what the, what's the what's the police doing when they show up? <laughs> <laughs> More than me. Yeah. All right, so we both vote Python there. Um, those <laughs> yeah. are my those. That's my finishing thought. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, well, thank you, um, Kyle. Wait, we, uh, real quick, who do you yeah. think's winning this weekend? Yeah, let's make our picks. Uh, I haven't looked at the lines yet. Uh, well, I have to stick to my guns. I think that. Rodgers is going to lose another heartbreaker. Uh, it's hard to fathom that he only has one ring right now. He's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. I know people would say Mahomes, but just pure, pure player at the position. I don't think Rodgers is still my favorite guy to watch, but I, I think the Bucks are going to sneak it out. I don't know why I think that, but that's how I feel. Um, and yeah. then if Mahomes is healthy, I think that they handle business pretty easily, even though I've been underestimating the bills all season. I think that uh, not that this is a hot take, but I think that the um, Chiefs are somewhat similar to some of those Warriors teams we we saw that when when they try, there's just no competition for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if I said this earlier, but I think somehow Rodgers winning his second would be more momentous than Brady winning his seventh. Like seven is such an incomparable number inconceivable I yeah mean, at, Brady, six. at this point brady is just continuing to increase the gap between him being the goat and whoever you think is next yeah and rogers would get up with the multiple winners like peyton and yeah montana and those guys um, and if they win it you would assume that it's taking some historic performances from rogers because i don't think that that defense is is necessarily good enough but rogers is obviously playing a different sport right now I'm I'm thinking it's going to be chalk. I think both the home teams win, and then I think we're treated to a Super Bowl matchup. Um, you know, that's the most desirable. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to discussing uh, championship weekend. Um, obviously, once the games conclude, I'm sure, based on how the NBA is going, there'll be more storylines. Maybe Bradley Beal will be demanding a trade to uh, the Lakers or something. But It's another guy we could have put on the list. That is another guy I thought about. I think a lot of these answers we put are situational-based and just the spots they've been in their career. But, Kyle, uh, I appreciate you coming on, and I look forward to uh, continuing this with a pretty uh, solid cadence. Yeah, man. We'll do it again soon. I'll talk All to right. you. Thanks, man. Later, man. Thank you.